You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for Thanksgiving 2016. It's not safe for work. Recorded live, spinning around and around in the Trump Tower revolving door, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. And you want to start by saying something... Special I do. For I do. I have listener, a special. Right? I have a special shout out. A special uh, request message. Uh, the word of the day is corollarily. Corollarily, or as Tom Brokaw might say it, corollary. <laughs> corollary. <laughs> I hate you all for putting all these goddamn R's in the middle of words. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I hate you. I wish you nothing but pain. <laughs> And, the, and there's a story behind this. This was actual pay-to-play, right? Oh, yeah. This is absolutely quid pro quo. Uh, <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a post this morning uh, congratulating David Brooks for finally getting his resume over to Trump Tower. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the pivot has begun. And it's, you know it's what? It's happening all over the place, yeah. And Trump ain't pivoting nowhere. But uh, all the good quizzlings and grovelers and professional scumbags in the media are finding a way to say, let's, just, let's all take a pause here. And just think about you know, as as the as the gates rumble shut behind us. Let's all just uh, calm down a little bit, take a little nap. Everybody relax. I use the word corollarily because a it's a word, and b I own all the words. So I had someone uh, on the Twitter suggest that uh, I should say that, and uh, for twenty bucks I'll say it. For forty bucks I'll say it like Tom Brokaw. <laughs> <laughs> and so. it was a deal, huh? So, so uh, dinner's on me, honey. <laughs> if, if this if this deadbeat on Twitter comes through, dinner is totally <laughs> on me. If this deadbeat on Twitter comes through, yeah. well, we I won't hold my breath on that one. And we don't, generally speaking, need to be paid to say something if it's the truth or if oh, sure it's amusing. <laughs> oh, sure we do. No, no, see, this is the mistake you and I have made. Oh, I see. Uh, we haven't monetized the whole truth thing yet. That's true. Uh, That's true. You know, that look, really if, is true. We haven't. If, if Roger Ailes can get a check for $40 million to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Gretchen Carlson can get $20 million to shut up. And yeah. that's... And that has yeah. stopped being the story yeah. at all yeah. because there's yeah. so much other bullshit just rumbling down the mountain. Well, and, uh, and this is the thing that I've kind of had confronted or that has confronted me this week, which is money is relative. Money to everybody is relative. I had a long if argument. Your relatives, not, if no. your relatives have money. <laughs> That's not what I mean. No. Oh, OK. Oh. But I've, I've been uh, doing a lot of research on Obamacare this week. And uh, the common threads about Obamacare are, uh, you know, a lot of people are just mad that their deductibles are high or that there's such and such yeah. is high and so forth. And I have and I've tweeted out the key, the the chart for when you get subsidies and when you don't get subsidies and when you right. can take a tax break and when you can't and and so forth. And, folks, I have to tell you, Drift Glass has had a part time job since 2008. Yes. We make some income from my blogging and we make some income from this podcast and, and some income from part-time gigs I pick up every now and then. And I have child support for two of the children still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, junior dude turned 18 and that turned off. Um, but you know, this, the deal is that when I see someone 
and I'm just going to say it, when I see somebody bitching about their financial situation, and I know for a fact that they make $45,000 a year, $75,000 a year, mm-hmm. et cetera, yeah. <laughs> and I just think, I have a husband and three kids, right? and we're all know, healthy. We're all healthy. We have a lot to be grateful for, and I'm grateful for every single contribution, every single blessing I have in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to bitch <laughs> about, no. oh, life is too expensive. Everything's too expensive. And, uh, yeah, it just um, it amazes there, me. It amazes me. And there are, there are so many people further, so much further down the income and opportunity scale uh, from you and me. Around the world. I mean, this around is, the world. This yeah. is this is the side of globalization that doesn't get talked about, right. which is what do we owe people who live on less than a dollar a day? What do we owe the world? Mm-hmm. And you know, the the good-hearted globalists are the ones that are saying, "Look, we are the richest fucking country in the world," and the idea that we can't share that with the rest of the world in a way that might mean we have less. Right. You know, is and and I, I also want to bring up, you know, the the Dakota pipeline, the North yes. Dakota pipeline situation yeah. and how yep. here we are celebrating Thanksgiving, you know, with with uh, headdresses, decorations on the table and, you know, Sunday school students putting feathers in a headdress with what they're grateful for mm-hmm. and on and on and on. And Meanwhile, we are treating Native Americans like shit. Well, we're doing what we always do. Seize yeah. their land, take their stuff. For oil. For oil. Um, so there are perspectives. That That is my point. I, I, we're really diving into this podcast, aren't we? <laughs> yes, um, we are. Well, I, I, I've, I've also noticed just very quickly that a lot has shaken loose in the blogosphere or what used to be the blogosphere mm-hmm. or whatever. The, the, the sort of not quite inside baseball because there is no liberal media conspiracy, but uh, some folks sort of washing up on my shore. Mm-hmm. From uh, years ago, uh, people who uh, who who quit the game oh. a long time, or people who uh, might have might have uh, decided I was a you know a sellout. Uh, ah, Obama. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Couldn't yeah. be trusted because I didn't think Barack Obama was worse than Bush, <laughs> and that a giant step you know from nothing to single payer yeah. uh, was easy. Yeah. It would be an easy lift that, you yeah. know, that I, yeah. I, I'm willing to say Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, is better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And that there's an actual argument to be made that, yes, it's not the way it should be. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. But here's mm-hmm. the general arc of where we are going. And here's the general arc of where we are going now. And that is the question that generally speaking shuts down the Obamacare is awful argument, which is yes. what, did, what did you have before? And, and what, what kind of insurance what, did you have in 2008? And now that you've turned the government over mm-hmm. to the other party, what do you think you're going to have in 16 months? Yeah, yeah. And and that's the, well, yeah, but scuff, scuff, scuff. Yeah, you know, but I'm on Medicare. Stuff. So yeah. you know what Paul Ryan's plan is for Medicare? It's to change uh-huh. it into Obamacare. Uh-huh. Literally to make you shop for health care on the open market. And they're going to give you a voucher to do it. Right. While you're sick. And preferably. the rest of it is your responsibility. Yeah. So. So. But it's it's this sort of uh, a couple of sort of longtime bloggers have decided to take an extended vacation. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlie Pierce is um, one column every couple of days. Uh-huh. And the, the, the 
Charlie Pierce section of Esquire is now called, which was called Politics, which was almost entirely him, is now News and Politics. Ah. And it's five other people. And you got, you got to dig way down to find a Charlie Pierce column from two days ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what's going on. Clearly, things are in motion that are yeah. outside of my pay grade. But um, we're still here. Hey. And we're going to stay here. And we're, we're going to here. talk about the past, present, and the future. What we we're are. thankful for. Things, the way to think your way through this problem. And, and we have gotten, I have received, I mean, really an overwhelming amount of mail. Yes. Um, both email and snail mail in our P.O. box. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, you brought back a handful of cards and letters from people um, about my mom mostly, but uh, which just overwhelming. And I'm we are very grateful for the contributions that are enclosed, for the very, very kind words that everyone has sent. Um, spoke to my dad yesterday, and it was a hard day because he had to put my mother's dog down. And my yeah. mother's dog is elderly like my mom, uh, a very high-maintenance one-woman dog, mm-hmm. and uh, could not and has never been able to ride in the car. It's a bulldog who, for some reason, when they res- they got him from a shelter, um, hated riding in the car. Yeah, years, that years, was years ago. Years and years, yeah. And... Uh, this is a dog that's over 15 years old, and really, it it was the right thing to do. Can't function without her. Can't function without my mom, and my mom was home all day. So, you know, that was the other thing, and my they were inseparable. So, uh, but dad, it was hard for my dad to do that, and me being able, I think, to say to him, you know, mom's had high-maintenance dogs over the course of her lifetime, but this was the most high-maintenance dog I've ever mm-hmm. seen her have, I think helped dad say okay so it's not just me it's not my failure it's this had to happen and i said yes it did so um but it was a hard day and so um what i wanted to do um is read a letter that i got in october before my mother i even knew my mother was sick yeah and uh read that and also um uh, we've had a correspondence i've had a correspondence with this woman i don't want to give any details about her because it's a very personal letter that she wrote right. um but i think it's important an important letter for the holidays and i've been saving it so uh here it is dear bg and dg i need support what guidance can you offer for someone who is cutting ties with close family and or friends because they support donald trump i'm in my 30s by the way and my family and i live a state apart My relationship with my mom has always been complicated, but I love her for raising me and for trying to be her best to support me despite her often nonsensical views and emotional immaturities. She's a deeply kind person at her core, but that kindness also has to share space with a lot of deeply rooted fear. Up until this point, I chalked up her political leanings to ignorance and felt somewhat at peace with that. I saw her ignorance as something worthy of sympathy. I have tried to understand how she could innocently arrive at her conservative conclusions due to low education and poor critical thinking skills. Although I'm pro-choice, for example, I could accept that she voted for Bush twice because she thinks abortion is literally child murder and needs to be stopped immediately, etc., etc. But now I can't think of any more excuses for her Donald Trump support. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking skills just aren't required to understand his hatefulness. If I continue to have a relationship with her, I think I will only be a shell of a daughter. There will be no room for my real self. I would always have to play a character to keep the relationship afloat. 
And that's not even touching on the visceral stress I feel about her being a pod person. It feels like the deepest betrayal, like just being around a person who condones him is like being in a hostile environment. It's hard to articulate. I think you did a really good job articulating it. Uh, But something fundamental has changed since the debate on Sunday where he's called her a nasty woman. Yeah. Uh, I know I can still find a way to forgive her or make excuses for her, but for some reason at this point, I don't want to anymore. How do I deal with letting her go on an existential level? How do I deal with the guilt of deciding not to make excuses anymore? Thanks for any response whatsoever that you might have. And so I wrote her back right away. And again, this is before I knew that my mother was going to pass away this year. I Mm -hmm. didn't know. This was October. Um, I wrote to her, I said, the most helpful thing you can do right now is realize you are not alone. Mm -hmm. This is a constant, constant, constant thing with mothers and daughters. Your split with your mom is political. With other women, it's men or housekeeping or weight or art or clothes or plastic surgery or shoes or money. Mm -hmm. There's a reason my writer friend advised me, plot schmat. Write about mothers and daughters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we say that a lot around this. We say that a lot around here. Belva Plain made a million dollars. Plat schmat. Yeah. Uh, You're an adult. You moved one state away. That is step one. Uh, My cousin always said power of away from is a big power. Uh, And many children and daughters particularly never get to that stage. So be grateful for that. Um, From now on, it's about setting limits. Yes, she's your mom, but unless she is supporting you financially, you are basically two adults with a relationship of your choosing. What are you comfortable with? Are you comfortable seeing her at one or two holidays a year and calling her once a week for five minutes or ten or once a month or sending her a postcard every once in a while? Whatever it is, come up with a plan. With my crazy mom, (laughs) I called her once a week since my 50th birthday we don't talk about anything this was back when i was calling her you know when she was live she talks about all her problems and obsessions while i sort papers or delete emails it doesn't feed me much but i do feel i've met my obligation i have not been inside her house for well over a decade and that is true um you can absolutely, ins- and that's not because I didn't want to go. It's because she didn't want me inside her house. She's a hoarder, and she had issues, and uh, didn't want anyone to see her house. So that was her choice, not my choice. Um, you Now, back to the letter to, that I wrote to her. Um, you can absolutely insist that you will not discuss politics with her ever, never, ever. Tell her if she brings up that subject, you will leave the room or hang up, and then do it. This is for your sanity. Right. I have had to set that limit with my ex-husband on other issues where he's mm. pushing my buttons. Mm-hmm. I finally said, you will not bring up this subject again because I will cut you off if you do. And that was it. And, and it's not things where there's a, I'm, I'm cutting off uh, an answer that he needs. Okay? Right. You know, You're not like, playing politics I need to know the when the kids are going like to be available. Exactly. Right. It's right. not anything like, I need to know when I can take the kids for Christmas. I'm going to cut you off and hang up. No, it's... It's more an obsessive compulsive thing that he's asking me about things that are none of his business or that uh, he's pushing me to do something that I have no obligation to do. And I just say, you're not going to bring this up again. I've said what I've, I've given you my answer already and we're done with it. And then I've stuck to my guns on that. Um, I do like and, and, you know, you can you can take or leave. I can, And I can take or leave Wayne Dyer, who's that new age person yeah. who died a few years ago. But 
the statement that he made about what other people think of me is none of my business yes. is a really good statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't need your mother's approval of your politics, and she no. doesn't need your approval of her politics. No, not at all. Um, and then this this line just broke my heart that I wrote in October. Your mother is about to have her heart broken to be followed by four years of well-fed Hillary hate from Hugh Hewitt and Fox News. Well, yeah, well. It, didn't it didn't turn out that way. No, no. Uh, so, um, I got a letter back, an email back from this correspondent two days ago. And she said, I am so happy that you wrote me back and I am so thankful. I've been keeping your email up in my head as I surf this latest wave of existential sewage water. Hmm. My mother and I have spoken since you wrote that email a few days ago. We never mentioned the election. I think I can handle this. Uh, meanwhile, I'm living my feminist life and loving the people I've chosen to surround myself with and reach out to. Much love, Fran. You're an inspiration. So is the fact that your mom was making art as long as she could. That is a passion of mine as well. Mm -hmm. Also, your marriage inspires me. It's just so nice to just have that point of reference, that example of love working. Well, thank you. And yeah. and it does work, doesn't it? Uh, so... Um, I, I'm grateful for that letter. I hope it helped other people realize that um, you can just be authentic to yourself right. and uh, treat other people with respect like adults. And um, if if politics at wherever you are, at Thanksgiving table or anywhere else, is going to be contentious, mm -hmm. uh, you can just choose as adults not to discuss that. Right. And, uh, you know, it's... And it is temporary. The, the meal or wherever, the togetherness is temporary. And if not, if you live with that person, then you've got to make other decisions to make. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, um, relationships, you know, it's, I could say it's that simple, but it's also that complicated. Um, do you want to add anything to what I've just said? Yeah, there's, um, you are never under any obligation. I, I never feel compelled to introduce politics into mm -hmm. a discussion. Right. Ever. I never do. Mm -hmm. I never do. Mm -hmm. uh, unless that is literally the subject that mm -hmm. I am coming to an event to discuss or in a debate or something like that. Mm -hmm. I feel no obligation to do that. Um, and believe me, this is a county that went, you know, for Trump by 9000 votes or something. Yeah. Well, like and, and it was closer. Times. It was closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. There's a few thousand, which yeah. is yeah. which is considering we live in a fairly conservative part of Illinois. Yeah. Uh, but people around here have to live with each other. Yeah. So there's usually some very gentle walking around the issue when you're around people and you're not sure where they stand. Yeah, there is. Not sure there if really they're, is. you know, yeah. as as Rick said in Casablanca, Louis, are you pro Vichy or free French? You know, <laughs> it, it's real important. To, and and because they were the two of them were very good examples of dancing around each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Yeah. They could never, ever to tell what the other one was thinking, mm -hmm. and they could never trust each other. Except and you can't they could... just say it out loud because no. then you're giving away – you might get arrested, right? right. <laughs> and the other guy might be working for the Gestapo. Right. So, you you know, they, they really had to dance around that entire movie. Mm -hmm. But when engaged in a conversation, I always try – to find the weak spot and I don't go blustering or blowing into it and screaming and punching. Believe me, I don't. This is, I know it's weird when you hear me on the, a podcast or on my blog, but I'm not, I don't go in guns blazing. I pick my spot. And, and uh, for example, I had a very entertaining conversation recently with some Republican acquaintances mm -hmm. 
Um, and I was really, uh, I, I sort of had my biases confirmed by the way that their memory and their knowledge is hardwired in a certain way. They just don't remember. They have trained themselves not to remember anything inconvenient to yeah. their to their argument. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, around here in the state of Illinois, uh, we're coming up on the eighth anniversary of, of Rod Blagojevich going to prison. Yep. Who is a Democratic governor. He's a Democratic governor who tried to right. sell um, uh, Barack Obama's Senate seat and did a bunch of other corrupt shit on the phone, on tape, went to jail, should have gone to jail, and— He's <clears throat> still in jail, isn't he? Still in jail. Yeah. In beautiful Colorado. Um, and, and that's fine. And that's a, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a thing. It, he, he, that was his party. He went to jail. He should have gone to jail. You will get no argument from anybody on that. But then it turned to the judgments. About why oh, why do Democrats always nominate crooks? Now, here are your, here are your options. A, say nothing. B, yell at them. C, say, and who was the governor before Blagojevich again? <laughs> and, A Republican who went to jail. By the way, it was George Ryan who went to jail. <laughs> you don't have any problem uh, running out of Illinois governors that have gone to jail, no. by the way. no. <laughs> And and I, I swear they looked at me like I cheated. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not fair. That's that the look like oh, and it was but it was this momentary holy shit. That's right. They'd completely forgotten mm-hmm. any of this shit. Um, mm-hmm. and and we we danced around a little bit more, and and I insulted Roger Ailes and talked about uh, who they they had no idea who Roger Ailes was really. Really, yeah. Uh, they had no idea about the settlement at Fox News. They had no idea who who major Republican funders were, and these are people who are. You know, real regulars and like you know, inside. They're they reliable R voters. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. They're they're reliable R voters and reliable R leaders. Yeah. And they had no idea who half the shit. They didn't know the, who Sheldon Adelson was. No. Yeah. And yeah. I'm looking at them going, oh, you really do. And this is a relatively educated area. We, we, we don't live in a bubble. This is a, the state capital. You know, we're you know we have television and everything and the Wi-Fi yeah. and the internet. But this is how they do, and this is this is true right across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, is this absolute confidence that mm-hmm. their ideology is pure and perfect, and they are mm-hmm. white hats, and and we are black hats, and they mm-hmm. perfect, they're perfectly justified. Mm-hmm. And then you just drop that one thing in, and they look at you like, God damn it, <laughs> that's not fair. And yeah. and that and they yeah. really do believe it because among themselves, mm-hmm. they never talk about factual reality. They just circle jerk over what awful people liberals are, right? And they lose. And what did Hannity say last night? Is yeah. what is what the news is. That's all they know. So yeah, they, yeah. And Sean Hannity's never going to talk about Roger Ailes being a, a sexual predator. <laughs> never. No. And so if it didn't happen, and this is really important to remember, relatives, friends, acquaintances, mm-hmm. second cousins, whatever, if it didn't happen on Fox News or Rush Limbaugh. They don't know about it. Yeah. Literally, they have no idea about what the hell we're talking about. They think Hillary Clinton has been in politics for 30 years in, in a position of enormous power, whereas the first mm-hmm. lady of Arkansas, she could just make federal tax policy. She could change federal tax yeah. policy. And she I didn't know. do it because she's corrupt and probably she's murdered. Evil. Yeah. She's evil. <laughs> and she murdered her political opponents and that the, the Clinton Foundation is a giant slush fund. Which well, is and why. the New York Times has a story today about the fake news uh, pizza parlor where Hillary Clinton killed babies. Right. You know, it's a game where you just pull words out of a bag and put them together in a sentence. Baby killing, pizza parlor, Hillary Clinton works for me. <laughs> you know? And 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 here's the here's the mistake that you shouldn't make, mm-hmm. which is it is often true of liberals 
that we believe that if we just dig down deep enough, if we just debunk layer after layer after layer of lies and misinformation, and every time you go down another layer, the 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 um, alibi is always the same. You know, Clinton Foundation, it's a lie. There's, there's you know, what about all this self-dealing that Trump is doing now? All, all these impeachable offenses he's committing every day in the open um, in front of everybody as he's gearing up to be sworn in as president. What what about all of that stuff that you can see? Well, the Clinton Foundation, yeah. you know, there's, there's all it's always both sides. It's always both sides with these fuckers. They they never take responsibility for their votes or their decisions. But, but here's here. I'm going to interrupt you for a minute sure. because it it I think it seems to be both sides to them. But oh, it really oh, sure. isn't. Oh, no, that's the point. But it the, really isn't. The point is, every time you dig out, okay, so so the alibi for why I don't care that Trump is selling off hotels and yeah, and yeah. basically taking bribes mm-hmm. for being president. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't that bother you? Well, the Clinton Foundation was just as bad. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can show them that, no, that's not true. And then you go down another layer and another layer. And you realize at some point it's, it's as, the, as the saying goes, it's turtles all the way down. Right, there is no right. bottom to this. There is no point at which you can reach a conscience where the person will suddenly go, holy shit, and this little green shoot of truth and awareness mm-hmm. will come out of the bullshit that they believe in, and they will flower into a new person. That's yeah, never that's going be- to happen. And and I think it's because of, of tribal membership. You know, well, they and, belong, they feel they belong with this group of people that thinks like they do. So because they belong in that, being unfaithful to the doctrine isn't possible. And we'll right? talk about Clay County in a little while. Yeah, um, I, but but well, what I go... wanted to say, and I know this is prof- this is um, they are professionals at this. Both Karl Rove and Charles Krauthammer today made an issue because they asked on Fox News about what about this conflict of interest and Donald Trump, and both of them gave very similar answers, which is, oh, this is really bad. This is a conflict of interest. Donald Trump, as it says in the Wall Street Journal, because you want to have both sides, right? Fox News and the Wall Street Journal, both owned by Rupert Murdoch. But Mm -hmm. you quote the Wall Street Journal on Fox and you've somehow expanded the universe of news. Um, But as it says in the Wall Street Journal, Donald Trump should liquidate his assets and put them in an actual blind trust because crooked Hillary did this. Crooked Hillary did that. Crooked, 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 crooked Hillary Right. And so Donald Trump wants to be better than that. Right. And it's just an opportunity to bring up that Hillary is the criminal one here. Right. She's the one. So, right. Mm, and so it's not right. And and so when you say both sides, even if you say Clinton is just as bad. Right. And then you say, OK, does that mean that Donald Trump's foundation and business dealings and how he is handling himself in the White House should all be put under the same criminal investigation that you demand for Hillary? They don't have an answer for it. Well, the short answer is, well, sure. But when, but a month from now, they're not going to be in the streets screaming about right. it. They're not going right. to be demanding. They're not going to say impeach Trump. They're not going to say right. jail yeah. that son of a bitch. Yeah, right. They're not going to lock they him care. up. No, lock him and you up. Can, yeah. And you can keep digging deeper and deeper and, and you will never come up with a layer of uh, permafrost mm-hmm. or a layer of, of, of solid mantle where there's a place to stand because it's all bullshit. I mean, and and this makes perfect sense because that's why a lot of cons aren't reported to the cops. Right. Because the people who get scammed are humiliated by it. Mm -hmm. And these Mm -hmm. people can't admit. I mean, these people cannot, dare not admit that they're just chumps. They're just fucking chumps. So they've gone all in. They're going to embrace the con man. And then you end up with Clay County, Kentucky. 
Yeah. Where which is go ahead. It is, well, it's, it, it is. I feel very I feel sorry for these people. Uh, Charlie Pierce feels char- mm-hmm. sorry for these people. But let me just say in advance, these people also voted to take my kids insurance away from them. Right. And right. that's where my pity ends. Right. That's why I don't give a shit about your sad ass life and the fact that you're too stupid to make good decisions with your life. Because it's affecting us. Because you're fucking yeah. with other people. But these people yeah. are in a county that 60%, enormously high poverty rate. 60% of them are on Medicaid. I believe that's the right mm-hmm, number. Mm-hmm. And their Medicaid is being taken away from them by their governor. Who and they elected. Who they elected with 71% of the vote. And their mm-hmm. president, their new president-elect, promises to go way further than that, who they voted for at around 90%. Mm-hmm. And they, their brains are wired in such a way they do not see a connection between voting for someone who will fuck you over and getting fucked over by that person. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. I don't know, again, I, I just sort of put my hands up and said, this is not a political problem. This is a mental health problem. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you're that fucking stupid, I don't know how to help you. Mm-hmm. If you would just stop punching yourself in the head for two minutes, I can help you. But if you're punching yourself in the head... And me in the head and blaming me for it and the cure for it is punching yourself harder. I don't know what to do with you other than to say, I wish you a short and relatively painless life because that's what you're begging for. And I want you to go away mm-hmm. because you are you are the problem. And the fact that an entire political party depends on people this stupid and feeds them bullshit every day. And mm-hmm. that's perfectly legal. It's perfectly legal for Fox News to lie to these people every day. It's perfectly legal for hate radio to feed them bullshit every day. And they just swallow it and swallow it and swallow it because it's easier. Because what mm-hmm. they want is a culture where mm-hmm. they're on top and other people yeah. are, are beneath them. Yeah. And they want people to stop looking at them with disdain and contempt. Yeah. And it's really hard to do when you keep, you know, I'm sorry. This is where Otto from uh, um, A Fish Called Wanda. Mm-hmm. You know, stop, don't call me stupid. Oh, no, that would be an insult to stupid people. Yeah, yeah. Just Well, and, and this is these are folks who, you know, rural Tennessee and rural Kentucky and rural West Virginia, they all had pictures of FDR. Yes, they did. In their tar paper shacks. Mm-hmm. Because even though he was rich, even though he was not like them, even though he was, uh, you know, a liberal. Wife was a lesbian. But, I, <laughs> but look. Uh, we can't remove race from this situation. Nope, 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 you can't. And uh, Barack Obama could not go in front of a microphone and say, I welcome their hatred. No, like like, like, Rose, like a millionaire white guy privileged for 15 <laughs> generations yeah. could do. Franklin Roosevelt said that about the bankers. Yep. You know, go ahead and hate me. Tough. Yeah. And he, Barack Obama had to be 10 times better than any white president mm-hmm. and 10 times better and and calmer and thicker skin and you know go high and all of that he had to do all of that i i almost don't want to say go high anymore because you know that is how alex jones described donald trump deciding not to appoint a special prosecutor for hillary clinton well you know he's going high yeah well, and, and and I want to say this this is related to that. Mm-hmm. The comment threads on that are, don't give up hope yet. <laughs> 
we're still going to lock her up. It's just that Trump doesn't want Obama to pardon her. Right. So he's waiting. It's, it's he's weird president. how all these double-wide trailer dwellers are, yeah. are privy to the most intimate, intimate. interior <laughs> secrets of U.S. foreign policy, yeah. what I'm thinking, what you're thinking, what George Soros is thinking, what Donald Trump is secretly planning to do. And they're all and they all have the same fucking opinion. That's well, the and part. They all type it on Facebook. I mean, this yeah. is the this is the thing that scares me the most mm-hmm. is we are now looking at a world, a future where campaigns are going to be on Facebook. Yes. And are. that's it. That mm-hmm. that because that's where the battle is. That's where it's not Twitter. It's not the blogs. It's not the podcast. It's not any of that. It's not the Sunday show, not cable news. It's not the Sunday shows, not cable news. No. It's not the White House. It's not YouTube. It's Facebook. And Facebook is the Wild West and by design. Yep. And that platform has determined the outcome of this election. Uh And they have no responsibility because it's a bulletin board. Right. And And, and one other thing, Uh I had a a school meeting with Junior Dude yesterday. And and this is related to a lot of what you're talking about. Um, They were talking about – it's an IEP meeting. Those of you that have special education students in your families or life know that you have individualized education plans. And what we are doing for Junior Dude now is preparing him for college by making sure that all of the accommodations he has for education – are documented so we can he can take that freshman year to college to his office of disability services and um get services get help get help organizing get help with note taking and so forth the things that he needs help with and so we were talking one of the things we had to do was talk about strengths and weaknesses and his uh service coordinator said you know you have perfect attendance at school and you're always on time for class and your homework is turned in on time and you're pleasant in class and you participate. Right. Those are all wonderful things. You should mention those things in interviews. You should mention those qualities when you go to school. uh, You know, if someone asks you what your strengths are, you should always mention that. And Junior Dude looked at me like, really? (laughs) I shouldn't talk about how smart I am. I shouldn't talk about how I know every flag in the world. I shouldn't talk about all of my, you know, amazing knowledge i said oh no dude dude all of that is is wonderful too but what you what he really didn't understand is uh-huh. in our family we take for granted that you go to school and you show up on time and you get yeah. your homework done and you're, you know and we take that for granted and or that is not the case <laughs> or there or there will be hell to pay there will be hell to pay uh-huh. that's not the case for a uh-huh. lot of people and and I remember in the 2008 election, mm-hmm. there was a review of blogs, um, liberal blogs especially, and this it was sort of a snarky column in some website somewhere talking about all the different liberal blogs and what you what you would hear in the comment sections of those blogs mm-hmm. or what you would never hear in the comment sections of those blogs. And under Crooks and Liars, it said, what you'll never hear in the comment section is – Explain to me again how this caucus thing works. <laughs> <laughs> because the Crooks and Liars readers are technically engaged in yeah. politics and elections. Yes, they, and they are. understand it. Mm-hmm. And we and people who listen to this podcast, first of all, understand technology way more than a lot of people just because you're able to access a podcast. Right. I mean, I don't I think we take for granted that people who access a podcast on a cellular phone, on a smartphone, uh-huh. that that's just something that people do. Yeah. And it's not. No. <laughs> I mean, we have, we are, our numbers are growing and we're getting up into like the 
7,500 listener a week range, which is awesome. And we're so glad to have all of you listening we to are. us. Very much so. But don't take for granted when you're with your Republican relatives that they actually understand how politics works, Anything. how the Electoral College works, how the Constitution works. Right. And so, uh, you know, I have watched Al Franken trip up a Homeland Security executive from the Bush administration yeah. by reading the fourth uh, amendment to the Constitution out uh -huh. loud. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, he snuck up in the Constitution, he's he he son he of a bitch. Snuck, he snuck the fourth amendment to the Bill of Rights in a hearing, yeah. you know, and and he's a smart ass and he knows this is that he is that he has brain cells that he can throw on the ground that will dance over to this Homeland Security Bush appointee yeah. and dance around the table. Well, and, then <laughs> and then he can just throw yeah. away those brain cells, and he's still smarter than the guy and that, really that is, the Bush administration put in charge of this Homeland Security aspect, right? That, that really is wasted unless there's an audience. Um, because and for Al Franken, there is an audience, Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, do it. Have fun doing it. But, you know— there's, there's the, there are the dumbasses who have no idea how anything works, yeah. and all they know. And then there's the ones that, that are slightly smarter who, mm -hmm. who lie with a smirk on their face because they know that nobody under them is smart enough to call them on it, and they want to believe what they want to believe. And I have yeah. friends like that yeah. who, you know, have, you know, let me tell you about slavery and what. <laughs> and I'm just sitting, wait, I'm just waiting and waiting, 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 and I give them the whole fucking history on secession and the cornerstone speech. And uh, and the second and the uh, the farewell address uh, mm -hmm. from Jefferson Davis right. and the history, and, you know, the chapter and fucking verse on why they're completely fucking wrong. And yeah. they seethe and they see red. And it's not because I'm right. It's because I busted them because yep. they thought I was one of the dopes who believed this shit. And they could just run there. This is Hugh Hewitt. This is the Hugh Hewitt strategy, well, which this is, is Rand Paul. Just, this just, is Rand Paul. Let me tell you a thing or two about Republicans in 1950. You know, I oh, know really? you. <laughs> I know you colored folk here at Howard don't know about Republicans <laughs> and civil rights, and right. just like, <laughs> boom, wow. And and then you like, oh, okay, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, that's the point. You didn't know, and you thought you could lie to these people. Yeah, yeah. And it, and 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 it is amazing to me this week on Twitter too to see people bringing up the whole KKK because yeah. this is now in the news and we now have to deal with whether Jews are people or not on That's, CNN. Right. I mean, I know. we could have, we could have had an autism program. Right. We could have had universal K4. Yeah. We could have had fixing Obamacare. Yep. We could have had uh, <laughs> equitable pay for women. And instead we have to talk about alt-right neo-Nazis giving the, the Hitler salute huh? at a 200-person conference at the Ronald Reagan building and whether Jews are people. Well, and that's that's where our politics is. Can, can I, before we move on to the Bridge on the River Kwai, which is... Yeah, no, and I, you just made me forget what I was just about to say. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I, I apologize. These are, you were just saying these are the things we have to put up with now. Yeah, but, but I was going to say something before that, and you just... I blew it. I'm sorry. <laughs> blew it right off my brain. Well, it was about uh, Al Franken being smart and your opponent yeah. being foolish and not understanding and Howard University and Howard Rand University. Paul and getting busted. Oh, yeah. Okay. Getting back and back back to on Twitter, um, people bringing up the KKK uh -huh. and how that Democratic senator Bird. who was Hillary, Robert Byrd, who yep. was Hillary Clinton's uh, best friend, best friend. In, in the Senate yes. was was a founding member of the KKK, blah, 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 blah. And you and you say to your and I say to myself and I said to someone there on Twitter, 
you know, if that's the standard, if we're going to have the standard that what you were back in 1961 is the standard, then Jefferson Beauregard Sessions cannot be the attorney general. And it's crickets, 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 because no, it doesn't apply to me. It doesn't apply to Donald Trump. You know, oh, yeah, it does. And so people will not change their mind. They'll simply change the subject. Well, both sides. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and and one more thing I want to say before yeah. the bridge on the river Kwai, bridge on the river Kwai, which is how yeah. how all of this might be a valuable character lesson, mm-hmm. which is it occurs to me that I'm a very privileged guy, I'm a middle yeah. class guy, um, white guy, and for a lot of our listeners, perhaps looking into the eyes of an arrogantly ignorant bigot mm-hmm. who hates you, who hates you for being you. Mm-hmm. And suddenly has the power to stomp the shit out of you. Yeah. Is a little like being black in America every fucking day. Every fucking day. So, yeah. you know, it's there's a certain level of, you know, maybe you should just don't don't give up the fight. Don't yep. lay back and, you know, close your eyes and pretend this isn't happening. But absorb the fact yeah. that there are your fellow citizens, a lot of your fellow citizens, women, minorities, LGBT, fellow Americans feel this way every goddamn day and have mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And I know that mm-hmm. we, we we sympathize with that, but maybe now we can empathize with it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the Bridge on the River Kwai. Well, my question to you, which the answer was Bridge on the River Kwai, and I was so impressed with your answer, so we'll get to your answer, <laughs> but I want to ask the question sure. first. <laughs> the question that I had for you was, they won. Right. The Republican Party won. Yes. The, it was a surprise win. Yeah. And... Here are the the Trump trolls on Twitter and the Republican uh, Make America Great Again red hat wearing uh, bozos on Twitter uh, who won. Right. Uh, And, you know, even Donald Trump for a day or two was magnanimous in victory. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Why are they so mad? And there is just so much anger still, and even yeah. I think even more anger. Like it's, it yeah. seems like they're even angrier about everything yeah. than they were before he was he won the election. Yep. I mean, y- you and I, 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 it's hard to predict how we would feel. You know, if right. if Hillary Clinton was at this point appointing swamp people to the extent that it, that right. Donald Trump is, yeah. you and I would have our hair on fire right. and be screaming about this, but. Um, you know, just just looking at it two weeks after the election, if Hillary Clinton had won, I think you and I would have a celebratory feeling about Clay County. Yeah. <clears throat> and how can we help them? They're finally you know, yeah, going to they get. Yeah, they didn't vote for us, but sure. we're going to make sure they have health care. We're going to make sure they have K4. Yep. We're going to try to bring some sort of jobs program and training so they can become air conditioner repairmen yeah. and so that they can live up to the highest potential you know, community college, we're going to get involved in that and, and really, and, and yes, our tax dollars can go for that. Yes. You know, we, we want to help with that. We, so, like, we want to help. We celebrate the fact that we are now have the ability, capacity to help people who need help, right. which is the highest calling of government or really any human institution, helping right. those who need it. That's right. it, period, full right. stop. And that's what we've lost. I mean, that, and, and that's why I think so many of us are so depressed at this yeah. point. Yeah. It's that the loss of potential of the ability to help has been taken away. And not only that, but a great deal of harm yeah. is now on the scene. So why are they so and mad? So Yeah. So why are they so angry? Well, first yeah. of all, it was a spite vote. It was a fuck you Barack Obama vote. Yeah. It was a fuck you Hillary Clinton vote. Fuck you, we hate you liberals vote. 
and we can make you cry. Our highest value, mm -hmm. our highest virtue is to hurt you. We mm -hmm. want to hurt you really bad for reasons that we dare not actually examine because that would require some introspection, which would lead down that path to, holy shit, I'm a moron. I believe a bunch of bullshit and, and by people who've been lying to me forever. Well, and someone on Twitter did answer that question. A conservative on Twitter who I had a really long exchange with mm -hmm. this week did say that the reason he's so mad is he doesn't like to be called a bigot. He right. doesn't like to be called racist. Right. And just I, you just consort with bigots and racists. Well, and that's what I said. I said I cannot. I I I'm willing to judge you based on what you say, huh? but I cannot take away from you the fact that you voted the same way as the Ku Klux Klan. You look. I can't change that. No. You look square into the eyes of hatred and bigotry, and you voted for it on purpose yeah. with a song in your heart. Yeah. And that is yeah. going to be— And I can't change that no, for you. No. And That's so why are they so I, mad? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I said, remember, all great lessons in life come from The Godfather. <laughs> but a few of them come from movies like Bridge on the River Kwai. And I said— Ron is, Swanson's favorite movie, yes, one of, movie, right? One of his favorite movies. <laughs> um, and not the end part where they blow the bridge up. I hope I didn't spoil that for anyone. That's how the movie ends. Oh no, that's I think that's pretty clear from yeah. the famous clip. That's the most famous clip from the movie, yeah. But it was it was up. a I mean, the British, um, Colonel Nicholson and the Brits were captured people, were mm -hmm. defeated people. And Colonel Saito uh, was the guy who ran the camp. And they fundamentally uh, Colonel Saito fundamentally did not understand the Brits. And he said, You are defeated, but you have no shame. You're stubborn, but you have no pride. You endure, but you have no courage. Mm -hmm. He's furious at them because they won't they won't admit defeat. Mm -hmm. They won't say, yes, you're the you are the superior race. You win. We lose. We bow down. They, they won't do it. They'll uh, take a beating. They'll go to solitary confinement. They'll cooperate within the limits of the law, the Geneva Convention, which Colonel Psycho spits on because that's the loser code. Mm -hmm. You don't understand the warrior's code. The Geneva Convention is the loser's code. But Colonel Nicholson. Um, understands Saito very well. Colonel mm -hmm. Saito is a not very bright middle manager. Yeah. Like Reince Priebus. Yeah. And yeah. Who the only tools he knows how to use are fear and uh, uh, torture and yep. crude attempts at bribery. The, the the tools of an inept tyrant, a petty mm -hmm. tyrant, and that would work okay. Except Colonel Saito also has to build a fucking bridge. Right. And he's simply not competent to do it. He can't do it. His and the warrior code says that he's going to get his throat cut. He's going to cut his. Yeah, he'll he's going to he's gonna be. A, he's right. He's going to have to kill himself or be executed right. if he doesn't if he doesn't succeed at his mission. And there's right? a, there's a moment where Saito and Saito's desperate because mm -hmm. he's made he's been given this infrastructure project, if you will. Yeah. That he is simply incompetent to perform. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to lie about it. You can't fake it. There's, there's either a bridge or there isn't, yeah. right? And there's they, either a wall or there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and they keep trying to build this bridge on the wrong place using the wrong materials and it keeps falling down. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he's trying to uh, force and torture and bully and threaten the Brits into building him a bridge. And Colonel Nicholson says, no, no. The officers, first of all, officers are not going to do manual labor. And that takes out like a third of the workforce and that just ruins everything. And the upshot being that Nicholson goes to the cooler, endures all kinds of torture, is nearly killed, and just says, I'm not going to go along with you. I'm not going to break the rules. I, I, mm -hmm. you, you have us. My men will do manual labor, but I'm not going to help you, and my officers will not cooperate, and, and you can kill us if you want, but we're not going to help you. And Saito finally says, do you know what will happen to me if the bridge isn't ready? And Nicholson says, I haven't the fuckiest. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Sidious says, I'll have to kill myself. What would you do if you were me? And Nicholson says, well, I suppose if I were you, I have to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. And then he takes the drink that he was offered. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's the fury of a, of a group who are fundamentally incompetent who mm-hmm. now are in charge. I was going to say, they have to govern now, right? They have, they have to govern. Their and party has, will be held responsible for what happens. Well, right? and that's the thing. This is where it's helpful for the old timers to remember 2004, 2005. I went back mm-hmm. and looked mm-hmm. at my 2005 year-end um, uh, posts, and they were depressing as shit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's because we knew what was coming. Yeah. You know, yeah. George Bush had lost a major American city. The war was going very bad. The war he lied us into. You know, the, mm-hmm. the economy was on the verge of collapse. Um the, the markets were trembling. Americans were coming home in large numbers dead from a war we should never have had in the first place. The army was broken. Um, it was a shitty time. Mm-hmm. And the people who had voted for this manifestly incompetent, dry, drunk halfwit in 2004, mm-hmm. who cheered for it, mm-hmm. it was starting mm-hmm. to dawn on them that they had made a huge fucking mistake. Well, and the two things that even the most anti-government conservative believes government should be able to do, mm-hmm. war and handle natural disasters. Right. They had failed. Failed. At. Miserably. And the only thing standing between them and rioting was Fox News. Yeah. Fox News that kept yeah. lying about Iraq. Just, just yep. you know, Sean yep. Hannity made his bones going on television every night lying to mm-hmm. his re- – because he's not a journalist. You know, I'm not a yeah, journalist. Right. Yeah, I'm just no. a – right. <laughs> no, you're, you're a traitor. I'm a talk show host. You're a traitor. No, Your head should be shaven yeah. and you should be walked through the streets with a sign that says, I collaborated at mm-hmm. best. But and then then it was all about and then what happened in uh, in uh, New Orleans? Well, you know they were too stupid to get on the buses. They were too uh-huh. lazy. They were too. It was all about the fault of the victims, right? Because that's right. what. And remember that, that no matter how bad things got, as always it is punching yeah. down is always the way. Yeah. No matter how yeah. horrifying it was during the worst years of the Bush administration, twenty nine percent of the American public loved that guy. It yeah. never dropped below yeah. that number, and that's you know the the, the number that George Bush. One in 2004 is just about the same as the number that Donald Trump won. And and they won in 2004. And we all knew what was coming. We all knew this could not end well. And Mm -hmm. it didn't. And then there Mm -hmm. was this horrifying moment when they realized, holy shit, the the people that we cheered on, the government we proposed, the people that we told to sit down and shut up, who who sat down and shut up, um, were right. Mm -hmm. They'll never admit it because they're conservatives and conservatives are by nature cowardly and liars. But – they had to live – there's no way around the fact that the Iraq war was going sh- to shit and that New Orleans was gone. Mm-hmm. And Terry mm-hmm. Scheibel, you can throw that in there too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is not what I hang on to as a source of hope because that was a tragedy. And it's, it's – it's, I would never want to wish for bad things to happen. But the people who just are going to be sworn into office make the Bush administration – look like the FDR administration. Yeah, yeah. They're phenomenally incompetent. They have no fucking idea how to do anything. And the people who follow them are, if anything, an order of magnitude stupider than they were 10 years ago. And and it is unbelievable that Alec Baldwin is funny because everything he says about Trump is true. It's just true. It's just flat out true. true. I mean, it's Sarah Palin again. It's playing who he is. 
you know, and and the the Sarah Palin on Saturday Night Live, she, she could actually just repeat what Sarah Palin said. You know, this is not satire that requires effort. <laughs> so this is 2004, 2005 on speed yeah, up. Yeah. But here's the point. We are, we lost. You know, we won the popular vote and we can stipulate all this. We lost. And it, it's looking like a landslide in yeah. the popular vote. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, Hillary Clinton will end up with two million more votes plus. Two million more votes, yeah. So we lost. And this asshole is going to be sworn in as president in like 59, 58 days, whatever it is. All right. Um, if I am a Democratic leader, which I'm not, and I never will be because I don't play nice and they, they seem to feel a gravitational need to cooperate whenever possible. Mm-hmm. I would do what what a little to the effect of what Colonel Nicholson did. I would simply make it clear publicly. Now, mind you, mm-hmm. he did it sort of privately in the nicest, most British way possible mm-hmm. that, well, no, we're not going to have your infrastructure bill because your infrastructure bill is terrible and it won't work. And you're incompetent mm-hmm. to propose it. Let us show you. And, and, and the way you address President Trump is in a very cheerfully condescending way. Mm -hmm. We think that President Trump doesn't really understand what goes into (laughs) how a bill becomes a law. (laughs) You don't think... And, and you don't, you don't, you don't, I mean, you, you should protest like shit. But if you're doing public statements as a public legislative official, you should oppose the Elected shit out of official. it. official, yeah. But yeah. you should say, yeah. we're not sure President Trump actually understands how Congress works or understands how a, uh, uh, an, uh, an infrastructure bill actually functions or the tax code operates. And then you explain. Well, it's clear he doesn't. It, and it is clear he doesn't. You're not making that and up. And you explain right. to him in, by proxy on camera in very mm-hmm. small words, mm-hmm. this is how government works. <laughs> and, you know, the infrastructure bill he sent up, well, the Republicans vote on it. But basically it's a gigantic giveaway to Donald Trump's best friends. And we're mm-hmm. sure that President Trump doesn't want to just loot the country and leave nothing behind. So we'd be happy to sit down with him and explain to him how government works and how infrastructure mm-hmm. projects are supposed to work because clearly he doesn't really understand any of this stuff. Well, and since we cannot trust the Democratic Party to do that, no. and I, you know, I we can't, no. um, I think it's going to be up to us liberals and bloggers to put out YouTubes and Facebook posts and things along that line where we've actually read the bill, yeah. we've actually re- just studied what the argument is and say, you know, it's clear that President Trump doesn't understand yes. how infrastructure works. And there will and be so, there'll be two large know. groups of people helping us. Mm-hmm. The former Obama administration veterans yeah. who are not looking forward to this asshole tearing up what they built. Yep. And the Clinton administration um, staff. I don't want yeah. the leaders of the campaign. I don't really have any time for them. But the staffers who actually do their homework and know their shit. Yeah. Um, and they're go- this is the this is the government in exile. This is the government in waiting. Yep. These are the people waiting outside the system, and that's a powerful force. The way that Donald Trump yesterday, I believe it is, just just invited the heads of the five families, you know, the, uh, the network mm-hmm. through his penthouse, and screamed at him for twenty minutes, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and called them just everything but a child of God. And he sh- he. Uh was mad at NBC because he they showed too many chins. Yeah. He has too many chins in the picture NBC has. So, you know, and they said, oh, no, oh, no, we're showing a very attractive picture of you, Mr. Trump. So if we're showing you, yeah. and if we're doing research yeah. as we should and do, continuing to do this as we should and, and, mm-hmm. and holding ourselves together, because the hardest thing to do for liberals in 2004 and five was to hold each other together. Yeah. And, and, and don't let them split us up. Don't let them tear us apart. 
and don't mm-hmm. pit ourselves against each other. There's, there'll be plenty of time for that later. <laughs> and believe me, we'll we'll get right on that. I'll go back. You know, I'm, hap- to- I'm happy. To, I'm happy that you're giving us this little history lesson about 2005. Yeah. That does not give either one of us or anyone else an excuse to relitigate the primaries. No. no. <laughs> Either the 2008 primaries or the 2016 primaries, you know? You know, I'm just saying if Mondale had done better, um, (laughs) you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. You're right. But I'll get back to being a drooling jackbooted tool of authoritarian something something later. But for now. Gary Hart let me down. He did. He did. I'll never forgive John Edwards. Never. Kucinich, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but but the uh, if we're doing YouTubes, I think a very uh, sound strategy, and again, nobody listens to what, what liberals say. If I had the Clinton uh, PAC money, oh, whatever's left yeah. in the campaign, I would just I would get all of those commercials out of storage, especially the ones where Donald Trump is saying really nice things about Hillary Clinton and the ones where he's just there. He, we're quoting him to him. And now that mm-hmm. ad rates have dropped after the election, buy a shitload of ads in all the Rust Belt states and run those ads every goddamn week for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Exactly those ads. The ads with Donald Trump saying really nice things about Hillary Clinton and really nice things about Barack Obama and really and, and horrific things on and off the record. And don't yeah. stop. You have all this shit. You have all this money. And you said at the end of the ad, put President Trump. President Trump. <laughs> and, and don't stop. Don't stop. Just run them and run them and run them to death because there's an infinite amount available on YouTube and on videotape. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything to put a YouTube up. And just keep running them all and and over and over. And, and, you know, to the good people in the Obama administration who are going to be looking for work or at least something to fill the time, get the hell out of D.C., as I'm sure you will. Start showing up in Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois. Would it kill you? Iowa, uh, Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and start in on those people and start focusing on the midterms. Yep. Get yeah. people, even if we need, we need the midterms. We, we, and yep. we don't need to win. We don't need to flip everything around, although that would be delightful. But we need to put on a really, we need to learn how to fight. And there are people mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party who know how to fight. Yep. We're good at it. Yep. Listen to those people. Uh, seek out people who haven't been completely fucking wrong about everything for the last 20 years. And listen to those people. There's a novel idea. Why don't you try mm-hmm. that for a while? We're going to stop there. Okay. Thank you, Drift Class. There's so much more to talk about. <laughs> there, there really is. And we've had this week, you know, just too much to write about, too much to write about. And part of that is the Donald Trump distraction machine, yes. which uh, we really are going to have to learn how to focus and not listen to Donald Trump's tweets. And get, it, it is he is talented in that regard. Yes. He has a talent. For distraction, and the media has and, no long-term memory. They will sh- chase any shiny. Well, and group. and they're they're middle school students. Yeah. they are middle ah. school. students. If you make it about them ah. and you put them in the middle of the drama about you know bringing them to Trump Tower or will he won't he go visit the New York Times? If that's the story, then they can't help but cover it because it's all about them. Well, and and, and if you want to read yeah. about how David Brooks gently slipped his resume under Donald Trump's door today. Go over to driftglass.blogspot.com and check it out. But I'm not going to check you. it out. Suffice check it to it say, out. David Brooks hasn't changed one iota. Yeah, Nothing exactly. changes him except employment. The only comment I, I wanted to make, too, about Trump deciding he wasn't going to get a special prosecutor for Hillary. Uh-huh. Um, the Pope this week also um, gave power to the all-male priesthood <laughs> to permanently absolve abortions. 
And this is just like Joseph and Mary. I know we're coming up on the holiday Christmas season, but this is like the Virgin Mary and Joseph in that here you have men patting themselves on the back for forgiving women when there's no crime. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Uh, so we're, we're just awesome. You know what you think? Yeah, we're awesome. God damn, we're awesome. God damn, you're awesome. All right. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitties are Molly and Tickle. They share a chair, and Molly is the gray one with the softest fur this side of a chinchilla. Tickle is the stripey one. You can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email and U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions! Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local And we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Cyber Monday is coming up. Please do use our website's link. Go to our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon link and shop your hearts out that way. It's that easy. It helps us so much. It don't cost nothing. It does, and it doesn't doesn't add anything to your bill to do this. And we get... Uh, on really good months, when lots of people buy items, we get 8% yeah. of your purchase. And it's, it's by item. So if you buy a pencil, by item. that's an item. Right, exactly. If you buy an item, one book, uh, we have to sell so many. We, we don't sell, but we have our link has to be responsible for so many items sold. Right. And then the uh, rate goes, you know, six, six and a quarter, six and a half, whatever. We can go up to eight. And we have, I, I don't know if you can get any higher because we never have. No. So. But we'd like to try. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> Dare to dream. But but really, I mean, when you think about it, you're donating 8% of whatever you buy from Amazon to the Professional Life Podcast yeah. for nothing. Nothing. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, it's, it's a really good deal for everybody. And um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't buy locally because we really do believe in that. So if you're going to shop local or make your gifts, by all means, we love you for doing that yeah. too. Yeah, we do. All right. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and thank you so much for doing that. You can, too, see our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, first, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties think corollarily is a funny and profitable word. Uh, Second, they are fascinated by Donald Trump's multiple chins. And third, and most importantly, they want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and to count your blessings. Count your blessings, everybody. And I count my blessings. I'm married to you, Drift Glass. I love you. Love you, baby. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the flower and the switchblade. podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2016, Drift Glass, Blue Gal Podcast.